Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. We are live. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong and Rob McIntyre. We are here to cover episodes three and four of The Ruins, part two. If you missed it, uh, right before Spies, Lies, and Allies started, we did the first two episodes of The Ruins. Uh, we know how much people love these. Um, and these are definitely these are definitely the most difficult episodes for us to do, just because of the amount of prep time that goes into them. Um, but we, I don't know, especially now that we're getting into seasons where there's more content, right? The episodes are a little bit longer. The longer, um, yeah. it just makes it even more difficult. Uh, so we'll try and, we'll try and figure something out to keep these coming out because we did that survey that we sent out on Patreon the other day where we asked people what kind of episodes are their favorite. This was by far number one. I think over 50% <laughs> of people said that this is, um, their favorite thing that we do. I mean, it's yeah. what we started doing. You know what I mean? Like, this is where the podcast was born was from this idea. So, you know, that's good. Um, if anything, I think the way we will make this work is we will just try to cover less episodes in our chronicles moving forward. Because, yeah, as Devin said, it takes a lot of work to get yeah, ready like, for I mean, this show. I did the math. Like, it, it's just not it's not possible for us to do four episodes uh, four hour long episodes. It's just literally not possible because I did the math and it would, it's essentially like nine to 10 hours of work at that point, Mm -hmm. uh, from like watching, like coming up with the notes, recording, editing the video. And that's like, if there's no technical issues, which with us is plentiful, (laughs) Um, plentiful. And then that doesn't even count. We're doing the weekly recaps and then all stars is going to be kicking up again soon. I'm hearing. So then there's another show to cover. So it's just, we love doing it, man. It's just a lot of work. So we just, we got to find a way to make it a little easier. So we're covering less two episodes. How how has there been no news about all stars yet? MTV likes to keep us in the dark. That's not, that's not that unusual for them. I think they'll give us a two week notice that it's starting. Probably start. So like we could get a trailer tomorrow. Which would be a Monday. It's and then very it's like ten day, and then ten days after tomorrow is when it starts. Yeah, aren't like it could to, totally do that. Aren't they going into quarantine for All Stars three soon? Uh, this week. No speculated cast. What the fuck is going on? I know three speculated cast members. It's not on you. They'll come up. It'll. The thing is, is like I don't even know if Pink Rose is asleep at the wheel. Or production's just gotten quieter about this season because, like, there's like no real news about it, and you know, people speculated about two people that could be on it because of a certain live event going on. So I just, you know, DM'd my production contact and was like, "So and so and so and so canceled." So I'm assuming they're in quarantine for All Stars three that week, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, I guess cat's out of the bag on that one." <laughs> so pretty certain two people are in quarantine this week who's the third what do you not want to say how did you find uh, out we, we, we the third person um was someone on our patreon who talked to said cast member and said that he had a quarantine date so Got it. uh without breaking that person's confidence i don't feel comfortable sharing that We'll let other people break the news. We, we can respond. Yeah, to if he wants happens. to break the news on uh, our Discord himself, you are welcome to it, my man. But uh, I don't want to betray your confidence like that. So I'll let you decide whether you want to share it or not. All right. Ruins, episode three and four. 
Uh, I mean, these were good. They weren't as good as the first two episodes. Certainly like less eventful than the first two. I mean, yeah, it would like, be extremely hard for them to be as eventful as the first two episodes of the yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, there's more that goes on in those episodes than all of Spies, Lies, and Allies and Double Agents combined. Um, I don't know that I would push it that I th- I, Yeah, I, I think Devin loves to take his shots. That's at the, a little much. Seasons, I'm not a defender here of these two seasons, but like, it's not quite that bad. I would no. say that Spies, Lies, and Allies is infinitely more interesting than Double Agents was. Wait, Spies, Lies, and Allies is infinitely more interesting? I believe so. It's a, it's a debate for another show. We gotta yeah. get moving. <laughs> we'll keep moving. Uh, I mean, we've got two episodes. We have the show every week already. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll make I mean, a note. Oh wait, even, I'm not recording even, this week. Never mind. Even even watching these episodes, uh, they're definitely light years better than some of the crap that we've seen recently. Um, so that was a little bit refreshing. You know what it really is? I really think the challenge is best as a sixty minute time slot. I think that's what I'm coming to the conclusion of because this episode just zips through events and they let some stuff breathe a little bit, but for the most part, they just zip through the main plot points. And so like the show feels like it's moving somewhere. Whereas I feel like both spies, lies and allies and double agents, they're so drawn out that it just feels like nothing is happening because the time is so yeah. just letting everything go too long. I, th- I think what it is, is that if you can't pick how long you want the episode to be, so like if the episode cannot be however long it needs to be, right? Be it 45 minutes, 90 minutes, somewhere in between, somewhere shorter, longer. If you cannot do that, an hour is probably ideal. Um, I think that's probably the optimal length. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be actually opposed to a more flexible episode time length just because more stuff happens some weeks than others, so then you can adapt that as it goes. I think one thing we also see, though, with team seasons is I feel like team seasons kind of have their chaos happen earlier, more so than pairs or individuals, because usually um, in the beginning, the alliances are still kind of sorting themselves out, so people are fighting for control, That eventually one alliance takes over, and then we kind of know where it's going. Yeah. Um, and then, whereas in individual seasons, one alliance will kind of take a foothold at the beginning, and then one side alliance starts having to eat each other at the end of the individual seasons is more where we get uh, action happening. Well, here's an idea. I know we shouldn't go too far into this, but like if you're MTV or Buna Murray or whomever, to incentivize people to get Paramount Plus, why not make it a 60 minute time slot on MTV and then put a director's cut on Paramount Plus like a week later? I think that's a good idea. That's a live option probably for them. I mean, that that feels like, okay, if we have extra content and we really want a 90-minute episode, but like, let's keep the MTV episode to like a tight 60 minutes, incentivize people to get Paramount Plus by posting the director's cut after the next week's episode airs. Like, as soon as next week's airs, put up the director's cut of the previous week. I mean, Survivor does something similar, right? There's the main episode. They've never really deviated from the standard length that they've had for... Um, episodes and then what they do now is they have the secret scenes right that they'll mm-hmm. release on cbs.com and they'll give you more insight to what was occurring yeah, and then they yeah. also sometimes have like the ponderosa online yeah, content yeah. of the eliminated people like and sometimes that's more fascinating than the show itself at times yeah, it's mtv hasn't gotten more into that um i mean they used to have these challenge daily so we'll hear about on these episodes uh but they have, there's never been, like, a huge secret scene thing. And you think with the challenge, they have the type of characters where there'd be stuff like that popping up. Like, stuff like, like, no offense to the editors on this, but, like, 
you know, comparing the ruins to this season, like the ruins ain't going to spend six minutes on Nellie T's boot camp. You know what I mean? Like this is not happening. I mean, no, but you like you like in Duel Two, we get like the fashion show. You get similar sideshow type stuff. Sure, but that well, was also well, towards well, the end of the season when there weren't that many cast yeah. members left. Let's you know what I mean? Let's talk about this. So why? Why is the fashion show and the Duel Two? More entertaining for me than Nelly T's bootcamp. Like, why is that? I, I honestly find them pretty much the same. So that's a question you have to answer yourself. All right, I'll answer it because I'll give you my straight take on it. Uh, the characters from Duel Two are more entertaining than Nelson as a whole. Like, I'm not saying that that saying Nelson's not entertaining, but the 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 cast dynamics is way funnier when you've got Mark Long talking in that schlocky voice, and Landon yeah. walks out wearing basically nothing, and I mean it it. It's just good, lighthearted fun. Whereas Nellie T's boot camp, they were trying to take something of them working out and make a joke out of it, and it felt forced. Whereas I felt like the cast on the Duel 2 were just having a fun night. They were doing it to have fun, right? Like the Nelson thing was like they were trying to like make a moment for TV. Yeah. Nelson's part of it is that they're more produced than the other stuff, but I think there might be some nostalgia nostalgia goggles on for you guys with this one. Because, like, for me, I've I've always thought that was funny. Like, literally, have always thought that was funny. But, like, I mean, I I view them as very close to each other. I think the Nelson thing gets a bit more produced, which is maybe part of the problem. And see, that's where I go, like, yeah. The director's cut version of an episode, sure, include Nelly T's boot camp. You know? I, do, I, I do think one thing, like we were, we all really liked the preview episode for this season and Double Agents, right? Where the the cast is like coming up to the house. Yeah, I yes, I would say Double Agents one was way better than this one, but this one was entertaining. Yes, this one was definitely different, just in how they had the cast come up in the different cars and stuff. Well, the but fact that the we, cast was split in half for it, like you only yeah. saw the vets and then you saw well the international the international people. Yeah. But whereas Double Agents, it was everybody at the house partying the night before everything started. That was just a different format, and I think the well, Double Agents those episodes are really natural episodes, I feel like. like. You get a lot more characters just kind of interacting off the cuff. It's very not forced or produced interactions, um, whereas a lot of stuff on the regular show is pretty produced in terms of being over and like, all right, they're making a show out of this one. And just, sometimes I'm okay with that, but there's also other times where I prefer some feel, things to feel a bit more genuine. Then the producers have their hands in everything. Yeah. All right. Sure. Do we kick it off? Do we have any uh, anything that we want to preface? Uh, no, there's not. We did obviously we did a ton of background on the first two episodes, so um, I don't know if there's really anything yeah. necessary other than talking about what actually happens in these two. Yeah, I would say that if you haven't listened to the first episode yet uh, that we did on this, go listen to the first episode. Um, that paints a lot of the picture of everything going on with Tanya. Um, and I mean, yeah. like you can't talk about this season without bringing that up. Yeah. Um, particularly, particularly episode four, which we'll get to in this show. Yeah, yeah. Because this is the, this is essentially the end of Tanya's time on the show. Um, episode four. And so all of that comes to a breaking point. Um, and like, we talked about this last time, like, and you can see it here. And like, she, almost says it uh, herself, like, she just should not have been on this season. Um, They've never, I don't think they've ever cast anyone that was to, like, this point um, emotionally and mentally on the show, um, where they were, like, this this kind of state. Um, It it certainly hasn't been made that obvious to us that somebody, like, based by by their own uh, or shouldn't have been on the cast. Yeah, I feel like Rob's got a good point there, like, 
from what the editors have shown us, this is the worst. Could there could there have been in later seasons entirely possible, but the editors did not show us the content or try to make said person look as terrible as possible in the process? Well, it's it's that, and then also she's title says herself she shouldn't have been on the show, and she said that in other stuff. Whereas uh, I don't know if I've the only other time weirdly enough where I've heard that from a cast member is actually Hunter on War of the Worlds one, where he said he didn't feel like he was psychologically there for a lot of this season. And that's the only other time I've heard somebody say that. And that's obviously an extremely different situation than what happened here. Yeah. In the first episode, also we go over everything going around with the um, litigation between Kenny, Evan, you know, Murray um, and Tanya. So if you're interested in that, definitely make sure to listen to the first episode. I don't think we want to get into that at all. Um, this episode right now. We'll, we'll get into it as how it pertains to this. But that's that. We're going to keep everything yeah, in context here. We went in deep background in episode one. Yeah, I mean, I think we probably spent like 25, 30 minutes just on that. Um, and I think we covered that pretty well. So we'll kick off episode three here. Everyone is out partying on the boat. Casey's dancing um, on the boat. We get a confessional from Sarah here. And I almost forget Sarah's even on this season, even though she laughs all the way through. It's just kind of weird That's because funny. I feel I always viewed her as a pretty big part of it. She is, but like I mean, I like when I started to watch this episode um, a few days ago, Sarah pops up, and I was like, "Oh, uh, I forgot she's here." Just because this this is a very like has like a very old feel to it for a season, um, and it's I very remember, different Sarah too. Yeah, well, it's yeah, her first kind of, season, so it's yeah. very different. I perceive her as like a much more new character than a lot of the people on this. Um, I think so. so. Sarah says she feels pretty good about the game and she's taking it day by day. Evan makes a comment about uh, how he's into Veronica and about how she looks great. Then while they're on the boat, Tanya starts to climb the mast of the boat. Uh, Evan and Derek run over and kind of like get her down before she hurts herself. Everyone's upset with her. Um, and then we get a scene where Tanya is making out with some local woman on the boat. Uh, is that she thinks she's just like a boat hanger? Like, why was she there? I think what it is is that uh, this is just like some boat tour, right? And there's more people than just the cast on the tour. That's like, nice. Have, have you been on a boat? Book their own boat? No, I have. Why would they? How can they not book their own boat? It's cheaper. I don't know. Yeah, this was still in the wild, wild west days of the challenge where like anything kind of still went like truthfully, this is this uh, duel two is really the first example of it. But this is when they started to slowly start clamping down on the cast, being able to do stuff because like they barely leave the house other than for a challenge this season. I remember Evan and Kenny were doing an interview at one point and they said that you know, in other seasons, they would be able to go out or they were able to bring laptops and watch movies or read books. Whereas like on this challenge, they were only allowed like one or two books. And he was like, I read them all the first week. And then I was having to borrow other people's books, which is how you get the famous eat, pray, love shot. Yeah, you, yeah, know? <laughs> you know, like he was not reading that because he brought it. He, he was reading it because that was all that was left to read, <laughs> you know. But he was like, they never let them leave the house. And he said a lot of the conditions of this season of how stressful it was is related to the fact that it was like a boot camp. They just were not allowed to leave. Imagine if you were on, imagine if you were on this boat and then all of a sudden you see these this crew of crazies come onto it with their each camera crew and 
stuff. Like, I, would you feel like you like got cheaped out of an experience, or would that be like a bonus? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. That's why I think it's just a weird thing. Like you're, you're like, oh, let's go on a boat tour in Thailand, and all of a sudden you've got like, what what is it up at this point? Twenty five, thirty, twenty uh, something. So I mean, it's a Thai booze camping. cruise. I mean, how many Dude, locals this, are going on a booze? This is like cruise? par for the course. You know what I mean? Like this is like why these people go on this is to like yeah. go on a boat and get wasted. Like yeah. <laughs> well, I know that's, that's the end goal of this. <laughs> yeah. It's just so interesting to me to watch Gauntlet 3 where they're like watching South Park on a laptop. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, Frank and Jillian and, you know, people are just having a great time and partying. And then you watch the ruins and it looks like n- <laughs> they're having fun in certain times. But as the season goes on, they all just look more and more miserable. Yeah. Um, all right. After the boat tour, we're back at the house. Evan and Veronica are shown flirting together. Uh, Veronica says, makes some comment about how she's been away from the game for a long time. Evan uh, talks about the idea of them forming an alliance. And Veronica says that it's very clear what the strong alliance is in the house, and she is not part of it. Um, And she says that if she was protected by Evan, um, it would be ideal if she would be able to be protected by Evan and like other people got picked off before her. What's he getting out of this, Nookie? Uh, yeah, what's he getting out of this? <laughs> he are did it all for the Nookie. Let's be real. Are you serious? Well, I just when he's proposing an alliance, he could just you know hang out with her, flirting with her. Evan was yeah, definitely like flirting that. with her. He needed Veronica in his alliance. Asking if you could join an alliance. <laughs> I mean, I think there was a lot that we didn't see. Like, I think there's yeah. a lot of implications that go along with this. <laughs> I mean, Evan needed Veronica in his alliance like he needed to get kicked in the face. Like, this, th- there was no reason for her to be a part of his alliance. It benefited him in no way other than he got some nookie. Let's be real. That's it. Uh, after this, we get an interesting conversation. Like, e- even, I think there's a lot of conversations like this that take place in these episodes that for whatever reason, these are way more interesting to me than a lot of the stuff that goes on um, in current seasons. So we get a conversation here between Wes and Evan, and Wes makes a comment that uh, no one wants him to be on the team, and Evan tells him that they're uh, not going to pick a name out of the hat uh, for who will go into uh, the... What, what do they even call it? The ruins? The ruins. Now, for who, who's in the nomination group, right? Oh, oh they have a name. Yeah, just to remind everyone. So how... The inner elimination? Yeah, how <laughs> elimination works this, this year is that six people from each team... Or so, you, if, if you're on a team, you nominate three men and three women from your team to be selected to potentially go into elimination. If your team wins... Those six people, the three men and the three women, then get to decide any people from the opposing team and your team to go into elimination, right? So it has to be one one man and one woman from each team. So there's a lot of power in being able to go into this group, but there's also a risk. The mm-hmm. only people that can go into elimination are the people in this group. And mm-hmm. what Wes proposed in the last one is that they pick hats for a certain number of people or pick a name out of the hat for a certain number of people to go into elimination because he knows if they didn't do that, he would just be put in every single time. 
And Evan's like, no, we're not going to do that. Like, well, to be fair, last time Johnny was like, sure, whatever. And then they agreed to do that. I think they all did. Like, I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they all agreed to it just because they know it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? They, they well, West has like, zero power. For, yeah, they were just coming off the episode again where they put Evelyn in against Kellyanne kind of just because. Like, that's just what they felt yeah, like. Yeah, like they didn't need to do it. <laughs> like, there's no – they literally did it to be mean. Um, you know i think what's interesting about this evan west conversation while they're eating the ramen noodles and whatnot is i think this is actually indicative of the fact that evan and west kind of were friends outside of this yeah and they were actually having like a real life conversation about the game like it was not like antagonistic evan playing up what he is on the show it was like two dudes like having a real conversation about what was going on and you could tell that both of them were very frustrated with each other by the end of it. Yeah, because Wes says um, Evan's going back on what they talked about. He tells him that he's uh, that he needs to be a good person, and then he calls him uh, tells him that he's selfish and he's a coward. Um, and then Evan just gets up and walks away. So yeah, Wes just... definitely tries to tries to make this personal in an effort uh-huh. to gain some leverage uh, in the situation. It pro- proves unsuccessful, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Us. I do like these Wes and Evan. It's like two, like, you know, opposing generals coming out into the middle of the battlefield to, like, you know, hash out yeah. plans part of the part of things commencing. Yeah, I mean, at yeah. this point, the West is an army of one. Um, <laughs> but this is, this is what I mean, though. When we talk about the rookies in Spies, Lies, and Allies just rolling over, like... Wes here is like he he's an alliance of one. He's got well, no hand, but that's pretty much worthless. He's trying things, right? Like he's doing something. Yeah. Just do yeah. something. Well, that that's one of the things that really like had him curry favor to me. Even though there's multiple times this season where I'm sure he would readily admit that he is not like the easiest person to get along with at times, um, or just does the most likable things. I really appreciate what somebody's putting this effort for, at least for my feeling at pleasure yeah. that they're like trying do to do something. Stuff. Yeah. And we do see, funnily enough, he's able to, like, skirt out of the elimination group this week, even though... He's he does it both these episodes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I think they just yeah. didn't want to cause a scene. Like, I think they just decided to be like, okay, no, like, cool. I, think, uh, I think what it was is John, Johnny brings it up here in a moment. Yeah, we'll get to uh, it in a second. It, it, may, it may be very soon. Um, well, the next scene is them all in the room, and that's when Wes claims he's going to give all the money to charity and all that. Crap. I think yeah, the next so, scene, or is that yeah, the yeah, next yeah. scene? So, okay. literally the next scene. This real quick. So, Wes talks with Kenny, Beast, Evan, Joanna, Johnny, Derek, Tanya, etc. It may be all of the champs, and he said he was blindsided about everything going on with Kellyanne and Evelyn in the previous episode. And Joanna has a confessional where she talks about how Wes is a volcano ready to blow up, and Wes says that him being in the dark about everything going on doesn't want to make him work with the team. And Evan makes a comment here where he says that Wes is, Wes is here for Wes. And I mean, says that they're all... Well, who's dudes. Evan here for? Like, what, what are we talking <laughs> yeah, about? Like, um, it's called Wes spin. Says, <laughs> then, then this is the point where Wes says that he's giving all the money to charity. Um, and Joanna does, doesn't I believe, believe that for a second, by the um, way. And I feel like I've never heard him talk about this, which is really interesting because I've heard him on a lot of different shows. I don't know that anybody's asked him what he was going to do with this. Dude, he was like, he, if this he was really going to give the money to charity, yeah, he's full this shit. Is all fucking bullshit, dude. Well, okay, like, I, I mean, I'm, this is because very, this, is, this is on like the heels of him saying uh, he wants to inspire kids and do the right thing, 
And this is while they're playing like the dodo music for him, just because of like yeah, how yeah. like this is like. Well, I, I would be curious in his. Like no one believes this. Like everyone's like, no, no, they they're always really talking. Um, this is in, in my notes in bold. I have this might be the worst West looks on the history of the show. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Him yelling at Casey might be the worst. I think look he's him ever had on the show. I even think later this season with some of like the hottest stuff, he looks a little bit worse. This I think is true. I, well because this we don't know the end result of it was. Um, all right, so was this just something he said? In, like, I, I think it's like was this just something he said impulsively, or was that premeditated? What? That he was going to give the money the, to charity. The money to charity line. I think he's grasping for straws, dude. Yeah, like he's just trying well, to. That's what I'm saying. Is it premeditated, or is it just something he's saying out of pocket? I don't know. Like whether it's whether it's premeditated in the sense that he thought of it like 30 minutes before. Like, does it matter? Uh, I would think to some degree it does. If it's like I, I would be, I would want to hear his side of what he what he was doing with this, and I haven't heard anybody ask him that. I'd be very curious to know his answer. Yeah, we get to one of my so, favorite scenes next. <laughs> you get to see the brilliance of Danny and watching Dunbar look on with rapt attention as Danny's trying to inspire the challengers. <laughs> so uh, Evan, Danny, and West talk. Um, West says Pardon. that he wants to see change Sorry. in the people and. Uh, that people have to do good things. Um, and Evan tells him that he needs to essentially like lead by example if he wants to see change and like not, essentially not go into elimination. And that he won't tell Wes um, what the chances are that he'll go into elimination or be nominated <laughs> for elimination this week. Um, after Which that, I would guess means it's 100%. Yeah. After that, we get a really interesting conversation between um, Evan and Susie where they talk about um, their strategy for the six that are nominated for elimination, right? Wait, hold on um, just a second. Is Are we in the same episode? What are you looking for? Because the next what scene that I have for, noted yeah. is it's Evan, not Evan, it's Johnny, Cyrus, and um, Kenny talking. Oh, yeah. All right. So after, yeah, you're right. I missed one scene. Um there's a scene between right right after where Wes gives his like long spiel to the entire veterans group. Johnny Cyrus and Ken, yeah, this is an important scene too. Johnny Cyrus and Kenny talk about who they want to throw in, and Cyrus says that Wes should be um, thrown in because he essentially drew first blood in this entire confrontation, and he wants to throw him in every single time. Johnny says, and I think this is why we don't see Wes go in this episode and the next episode. He says that they should give him some time off. Because there's going to be time later when the other team is throwing in their throwing in their strong competitors that they're going to want to keep him going in every single time, um, and that's when they want to be able to use him up. And yep. Sarah says that um, he's voting him in every single time, regardless, um, and it doesn't matter. My so, question cool. is: is how did Cyrus not figure out they were getting ready to throw him in? Like that just screams like, oh we don't think you're a strong player if we're going to save West to go up against stronger players later. I think, I think he knows that he's going in and I think that's why he says this, right? Yeah, I like, think that's why, probably why he does okay. say that. Yeah. That would make sense to me. We don't, we don't really see a big dispute um, here by him this episode and we don't see a big dispute by him um, in the next episode either. We don't um, really see it until he gets put in against Jarrell. Um 
So, this is interesting to me, though. So what, so what do we think it is with Johnny? Is that really his reason? He's like Steven Strasberg having to get put on the shelf for a little bit so his arm can stay warm? For Wes? Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it is. Like, I mean, it's I it's really, a brilliant strategy, personally. I think, I is think it? I, I don't... I don't, I, I don't think that they want to waste him against... Like, who, get, who gets thrown in this week? Or in this um, episode? It's Adam. They don't want to waste him against Adam and Danny. You know what I mean? They'd rather put him well, in against why not just, Adam. They're in enough of like a position... I suppose, but they're in enough of a position where they could just have him go in against whoever. Yeah, but I think that they would... Like, don't want something fluky to happen and then, like, potentially have to go in later on. I think they look at it as because of Wes's track record in eliminations. At the time, he was the most successful, like, person in eliminations in the history of the show at that point. So they probably looked at it as, okay, we want to see Wes versus Brad. We want to see Wes go in against Dunbar because Dunbar was still seen as someone competitive at that point. Like... They really wanted to save Wes for those types of eliminations at this they, point. They can make that and, happen tomorrow, though. If they wanted to, they have the votes. They're probably going to be in the circle because there's no guys left on the challengers team. They can make that happen if they wanted to. To do what? To just have make Wes go in against somebody. Make him go in against Brad well, the, or, the, or whoever. Brad, well, see, here's the thing you're forgetting. There was a story that came out after the season that Brad had an alliance with Evan and those well, guys. I know that. But, and so, well, like, Brad wasn't going to go in until he just absolutely was forced to. I don't. What, what I'm saying, though, is if they need West to go in against somebody specifically, they could have him going against him this round. They don't need to wait. They have the votes. Yeah. Yeah, but you're also um, assuming a lot. You're assuming that the champions are going to run the table like so, they do, except for this one challenge. I must, so I don't think that they – Rob, wouldn't they not – so if they're working with Brad and Dunbar, like, wouldn't they want – wouldn't they not want to throw them in yet? Because if they are working with him and by some miracle they do win, those guys are, are going to push the team in a direction to not throw uh, yes. like Johnny, exactly. Evan, well, so, and Kenny in. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying specifically about them. I'm just saying for Johnny's specific line here that he need, they need to save West to go in and get strong people. They can have him going against strong people now. They don't have to win. I know, but that's, that's, why they don't, that's why they don't want him to go. I, But that's like... Devin said it. You don't want Wes to go in and get a fluke elimination and go home now. You yeah. let Wes hang out a little bit longer. Well, you can say that about anybody. Yeah, but you don't care if you lose that. You want him to yeah. go against the strong people. So this, it, later on, the strong people go against Wes, and Wes potentially beats so, them. In, in other words, they're the strong completely fine. They're that's completely why, fine well, with Cyrus listen, going home. That's, that's why they don't want him to go against the strong people now, is because they want the strong people to be around on the other team because if they win, they're in power, and they can have the influence to not have Johnny, Evan, and Kenny go win. I, I suppose that could be. There's a, a lot of right. hindsightness to this because we know the champions run the table, except for this one challenge. So, I mean, it, they they're covering both ends here. Like Evan and Kenny, honestly, put together the perfect game plan and executed it almost flawlessly this season. It almost bit them in the ass in the final, but they got lucky that Kellyanne was slow as shit. I I think if I was in their position here, I would be putting him in every time. I don't see the point keeping him out. I mean, they they get a pretty good competitor for these next couple of episodes. Like he's he he looks fully motivated. Um, he's the first one that they send out for the swimming mission. Um, in in the next challenge, um, I think it works out for him. 
Um, especially oh, like, if, sure, it definitely have, works out for them, but they have a very big, they have a very significant lead at this point. There's a lot of runs they've stacked up on the table. Yeah, but like objectively, like w- like whether or not like it's a, a positive or negative decision, like completely isolated from like what their lead is at the time, it works. Think of it this way: only one member of that alliance went in, and it was Johnny. That was the only male cast member in that alliance that actually had to go into the ruins. It worked out about as yeah, perfectly I, I, as look, they, 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 yeah, yeah, they do. I, I think this specific scenario, I would be putting them inconsistently. I wouldn't be keeping them out. Why? Why do you do that? So, what, what flaw do you see in their plan? Well, like this, this episode it literally seems perfect. It literally seems perfect. Well, they got. I guess so. For my thing is, especially for like, I, I just think that for Cyrus and Johnny, you could risk them to less, um, have the risk of alienating those people if they, or you could just risk the losing them. And then they're a part of your alliance right now. You can lose some of the numbers on your team in that way. I just don't see if these people are part of your alliance, why you wouldn't just be putting Wes in all the time. But I don't think Cyrus is a part of their alliance. Not really, no. He, he probably thinks he is, but he's not. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like, Cyrus isn't a part of it. Darrell is very open in saying, like, I know I'm not a part of your alliance, so I'll go in on this elimination if you'll keep me out of the next one. Like... Darrell knows his place in this game. Like he's playing it knowing like I'm not a part of these guys alliance, but they're also not going to work too terribly hard to get rid of me. So, you know, we just have to come to agreements and Cyrus is trying to play that. The problem is Cyrus had no one else in his alliance. Maybe like Cyrus really might've been an alliance of one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We don't. We don't really get anything from his perspective. It's for I mean, all the people that he would have worked with are not here. Beth's not here. Who does he know? Uh, Veronica, kind of. Veronica, maybe Susie. Yeah. Derek. That's about yeah, it. Derek. So Derek's like, but Derek's also more tight with Evan and them because he knows where his bread's buttered. He uh, Cyrus is no help to him in this game. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, so now we get to the Danny West Evan conversation that is also pivotal. Like there's so many cool pivotal conversations before we even get to the challenge. Like in a 42 minute episode, we don't even get to the challenge until almost 20 minutes in. Yeah. So we already talked about it. So Evan, Danny and West talk just kind of about West's uh, like position, like in, in the team. And West says that he wants to start seeing change in people. Um, and that people have to do good things, just trying to like guilt them, trip them even more and do essentially not sending him into elimination. And Evan says that he needs to lead by example and he won't tell Wes uh, with the likelihood that he goes into elimination this week. Um, Evan and Susie have an interesting conversation uh, after that scene where they pretty much go over their strategy as a whole and about how uh, they will always have the majority or their goal is to always have the majority in the six people that are nominated so that they can always can control who gets sent into elimination. And the people that this essentially consists of are Evan, Kenny, and Johnny for the men and for the uh, women, Susie, Joanna, and anyone else essentially. Um, and by doing that, they will always have the numbers. Uh, Evan tells Susie that he trusts her 100%. And Susie says that Evan is essentially the leader of the team in the sense of who will, who they will vote for, that he's completely like steering the ship. Um, and at, we get a confessional from Evan here where he says that at this point, he has two me alliances. Um, <laughs> like we get the ultimate winners at it here. Yeah. Well, what's funny too, is that we don't, 
So we've got Derek and Cyrus. Like, there's a lot of other people who aren't included in this group who are part of the team, but who are also still much closer towards the Evan and Kenny side of things than whatever Wes is doing on the island by himself. Well, see, it's one of those things where Derek Kaczynski was always a great silent partner in these alliances. He would never stick his neck out. He would never get involved in politics. But, like, he would always just ask Evan and Kenny, then, what do you want me to do? Because Derek never got his hands dirty after a certain season. And a lot of it, I think, had to do with him having a kid. You know, like, in the island, he just had his son. And he started playing the game much more safer and doing anything he could to win money. So it was just like, you tell me what you want me to do and keep me around to the end so we can win money. I mean, that was kind of his game after that. Mm-hmm. And in this era, in this format, it definitely works. Yeah. I mean, in a team season, it's so easy to just coast under the radar if you have the right relationship. Yeah. Uh, we get the nomination before the challenge. So everyone's at the ch- challenge, and now is the time to nominate the Six players from your team, three women, three men, for who will potentially go into elimination. The challengers decide that they want to put in Brad, Danny, and Adam. Adam says that they want to be proactive and uh, send themselves in. So did we – was that conversation like – did I – maybe nope. we didn't have that yet. We didn't have that conversation yet. Is that next episode? Which or one? Which one? No, no, they had that in this episode. That's the scene I said you skipped over. Oh, okay. Um, right after yeah, so the last conversation, they go to the challengers strategizing, and <laughs> Danny's like the mastermind, <laughs> talking about how they need to put their strong people like him on the board. Who, 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 and go this in this meeting, yeah. it's Danny, Adam, and it's Danny, Adam, and it's the Brad, whole challengers right? team. Yeah, I, it's all I, of I them. Go, no, it, I can go through it real quick. So Adam talks with Brad and Danny, and in my notes, I have the leaders of the challengers. LOL. And Adam says that they need to start taking uh, their guys out, them being the uh, champions, and throwing themselves in there. And Brad says that they need uh, to step up as a team. And in my notes, I just have, this is a terrible idea. Um, (laughs) Because the correct strategy here is to just completely... stay away. Like, really what you want to do is, it's honestly not a bad position, right? Like, if you're Brad... You just want to like hang on like till the end. Just try and like make it to the end if you can. And then at that point, you don't have to split any money with anyone. You're running no. the final. No, it's like you and one or two other people. I mean, so quite like, frankly, you, quite if, frankly, if he hadn't have gotten in the fight with Darrell, he would have had to face the last elimination, and that's it. Like he just had to hang on one more episode. So he goes in against. Yeah, so I mean, he would he would go in against. Do you think they put Johnny in again at that That's point? Like, you, probably. No, so I think they put Darrell in. in. Quite honestly, I think Darrell. Well, Durrell, goes oh, in yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard yeah. to say how that shakes up things. Darrell would have probably had to go in one more time, and it would have been Darrell versus Brad. Yeah. Um, that would be a fascinating question to ask Kenny or Johnny. How that I, I would ask Kenny because he would have give you the honest answer. Johnny would say, "No, I wouldn't yes. have gone in again." <laughs> Johnny got no. Jo- Johnny might say he's gone in again, so he wouldn't burn any bridges with Darrell and Derek if they show up on a show together in the near future. <laughs> uh, all right. Either way, so, like, how sad is the challengers team when the brain trust is Adam, Brad, and Danny? Like, that's just. Like, if that not, doesn't spell disaster, like, what, what does? Well, that's the thing with these team seasons, too, right? It's not just that one team is so good, it's that the other team is so bad. Did they not see so, this as an issue going in? Like, do you think that they were aware of this? I just, we've talked about it before, they just don't care. They I don't really think they care. I, I really don't. don't. Like, there's, 
I don't know. They may. I I think there's a part of them that like is consciously aware of this because like I know for Survivor, they're consciously aware when they put together a disaster tribe, right? Um, just because they know that that's a plot line that they can uh, move forward, and that there's a lot of entertainment that's involved with that. I mean, if anything, it could have turned out differently if there weren't the DQs that they had. I mean, that hurts it a little bit. I mean, granted, Tanya's one of them. Um, but I, I don't think they anticipated how badly Casey would drag down the challengers. Like, if you remove Casey from that team and replace her with almost anyone, but, I mean, look how bad the deck was stacked against this challengers team putting Casey and Siobhan on the same team of five women. Like, How just, many people in production do we think give an accurate skill assessment of the different people on the team? Oh. Little... I mean, I, th- I think a lot of it is what you said, though, where they just don't care. I don't think that they could do a very good job assessing the abilities of the yeah. team. Because again, I also, even, sorry, I, was listening I, I just... To, go ahead. No, I was listening to uh, their Survivor uh, recap this week on our app with Adam Klein, and he was even talking about how, like, it's really good that Survivor at least has, like, a host and, uh, like, people involved that really care about the show. You know what I mean? They like really mm-hmm. care and they like really want the show to succeed. Whereas I feel like the, the same cannot be said for the challenge. There may be, <laughs> there, may be like, interest. Th- there may be some people that do, but like as a whole, it's not the same. And he even comments about how like other reality shows, that is not the case at all. Right. Like with right. big brother or the amazing race or like what have you. Um, They're just looking for good characters on those other shows. It's a competition, also, but they want better characters. Whereas Survivor, they care about the game a lot. Uh, he also made a comment. One of them made a comment about how they were at Tribal Council once, and someone was doing something that they weren't supposed to do. And Jeff Probst said, "You do that one more time, uh, I will send you back to Big Brother so fast it'll make your head spin." <laughs> that was his threat. He's going to send them to Big Brother. <laughs> That's funny. That, that is pretty funny. Um, what I was going to say was, too, is I don't think they realized that Evan was smarter than most of production either. You know what I mean? Like, Evan really has sure. figured out how to play this game. And the fact that they sent their friend Diem in for that first elimination was brilliant. Because the moment she was gone, there was not a single female challenger capable of captaining well, that team. And Tony just picks her, right? I don't think Evan has much of a hand in that. If Evan wanted mm. DM to stay safe, he would have told Tanya what he not to do. He may have stuck his neck out I there. I don't think he was the pushing it to go in that direction. I, I think he didn't. I think if he did, I, I agree. Like I think if he didn't want her to go in, she wouldn't have gone in. Um, but I think from it only benefits them. They literally just like shred their team and take away their strongest players. Like yeah. almost right off the bat, right? Like DMs, DMs are strongest female competitor, right? We would certainly say from the preseason. Well, Kelly from preseason, we didn't know Kellyanne was going to be as strong as she was. Like preseason, you would have said, "Yeah, Sarah." Sarah, We had no read on. So preseason, you would have said it's DM and a bunch of Jamokes until you saw how this played out and you realized, (laughs) "Oh, Kellyanne and Sarah are actually pretty good at this." This this honestly makes me think. So, like, if let's hypothetically say Brad is on the finals team with Sarah and Kellyanne. And they go against the veterans team that goes in the final. Who wins that? It's hard to say with that final. You still probably bet on the champions team just because I think they have 
it, at least it's not. I don't think Brad is because what really separates it, at least from what we see, is that puzzle. And I don't think Brad is much of an edge over Sarah Kellyanne. I'm hoping there's you have, some, you have a veteran presence at that point to like kind of like guide. Like none of these women have been in a final before, no, right? And no, I they've really been on the show. And I think there that adds a lot. Um, yeah. Here's and, the other thing: there's so many what ifs with this season. If people had made a different decision, think about if Evelyn decides not to throw the elimination against Kellyanne. They How does no that throw at, this? They whole just have thing no people off. at the end for the challengers, basically. They're yeah. just gone. <laughs> they're just gone. Like, there's nothing. It's oh, Sarah Byers. risk of that throughout this season. Like, if the if the challengers don't pull out a couple here, like they, they they I mean, what do they do? I mean, and here's the thing too, and we're gonna talk about it in a minute. The challengers have the opportunity to get rid of Casey, and they don't. We, they we'll literally talk, we'll, have the chance we'll to get about, rid we'll of their worst about, player. We'll talk about that decision extensively yes. later. We have a lot oh, of it's the worst decision of the whole season. The really, worst. I, I, I never, really, the thing is too. I don't think it's like Evan does a very good job of keeping his team organized and like strong throughout the season. But they also like would have just dummied them if there weren't that much plotting going on. They sort of dummied them in every single mission. Like it doesn't take much to do that, especially after this episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So. We're still at nomination. What happens here? So the challengers, uh, they send in Brad, Danny, and Adam. Ad- Adam says that they want to be proactive and send themselves in. Uh, Wes says that, tells Evan that he's, he's going to play this week. He's not going to throw the mission. And Kenny says that they're giving, they're going to give Wes the week off uh, because it works out better for a rotation period. That's the stated reason for why they don't throw Wesson, and I think that makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I know. What uh, does that mean? Like that, 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 like, that like, makes no sense to me whatsoever. Does that just mean rotation? I think it like... makes perfect sense to me. I, I think it makes perfect sense to me. Cyrus isn't going to get nominated every time, and if they see Cyrus as an anchor on the team, because they even talk about how Cyrus was hurt. Um, you know, if they want to get rid of Cyrus, this is a way to do it, and it be... Yeah, but that's um, not what... Rotation period. I guess that just means that they want to keep some minutes off Wes's legs. Like they think he's been. I don't know. Like say that then. Say what Johnny said earlier. You know what I mean? It's just like that's like such like a like general answer. Like like what the. It just feels like like, well rotation period. It just sounds like like, what is that? Sportsy sounding terms, and those are the first two that come up, and then you say those. (laughs) Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. And so the rookie women don't have enough volunteers for who will go in. Brianna says that she'll do it. and then I can't remember who the well, third Kimberly one is. says she'll go on and then uh, Casey so Kim gets says she'll then. do it. Brianna says she'll do it, and then someone's uh, is like uh, tries to throw Casey's name in it, and Casey's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't say that uh, I would yeah. necessarily go in." And so then that just makes all of them vote, and they vote Casey in. Um, Susie volunteers for the vet women. Veronica uh, says that she doesn't want to go. Uh, and it comes down to a vote where they're voting between Veronica and Tanya. Evan uh, votes for Tanya instead of Veronica, and that brings uh, some heated discussion up between Evan and the rest of the team. And Johnny's Johnny very upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny has a quote here in a confessional where he says that Veronica is essentially screwing the boss to get a raise uh, instead of like working hard. He's like, oh, I would, uh, I'm above these tactics. It's like, okay. Let, okay, let's... Johnny. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so Veronica ends up getting voted in because I think everyone except for Evan votes for her. 
this challenge you know, is called a, Reap. There's Go a ahead. song in Frozen 2 that goes, some things never change. That is Johnny Bananas in this sense. <laughs> yeah. And as if you didn't know I had a two-year-old, that probably proved it right there that I know the Frozen 2 soundtrack by heart at this point. Uh, this challenge is called Repo Race. The goal is to navigate your team from one end of an obstacle court to the finish without touching the sand that the obstacle course is on. You will form a line with your team. One team member will attempt to walk from one end of the course to the other without touching the sand um, while using their team as a human bridge. As the one team member that walks goes, players from the back of the line will move to the front of the line and as the walker steps over them, move to the front of the line and repeat the process until they get to the finish line. There are checkpoints throughout the obstacle course, and if you touch the sand at any time, the walker, your team has to reset to the previous checkpoint. Um, And the prize is like some neon plastic toy watch. Uh, (laughs) This might be one of the worst edited challenges in history. I'm going to be honest with you. Did you not see the number of production people that are seen on camera in this? that does I mean, like frequently, but multiple I times. You much. even see the guy on the crane, like standing on a platform, filming from above. Is how badly they edited this thing. I mean, it's it, definitely not as bad as the one in Gauntlet Three, where they have Adam King like in the spider. This one's pretty they, bad. I actually think it's worse. Like if you count, oh. I counted fourteen different shots where the production crew is seen here. I don't like, know. It's a I, lot. I guess maybe I'm just more desensitized to that now that it happens so frequently. So Evan tells them that they need to leave a wide space between them uh, when they're stacking each other uh, just so that they can move the line more quickly. Kahuta decides to be the walker for the challengers and Derek decides that, uh, or they decide that Derek will be the the walker for the champions. Um, I have in my notes, uh, this essentially costs no money and I bought this challenge. Like it was, I think it was a solid challenge. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this is, I mean, outside of purchasing like the podiums, like there's really nothing else. Yeah. Like this is pretty much just, I don't, it, it's entertaining. They're, they're racing. They're going at once. There's some skill involved. A lot of teamwork uh, involved. A lot of inner team, intra team discussions too. Where they're all yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Derek can't read is part of the yeah, challenge. That, that's what we have to get to with this one. Right. And yeah. And, what and happened? Quick, this whole, this whole thing lasts like what? Six minutes, right? Maybe six times. So if I mean, I, this is this is what you shoot for. Like, it, it doesn't said. need like we don't need to add fire. We don't need to add explosions. Let's just fucking come up with something. Yeah, I know what Derek would get caught because he'd have to wire the hard wire the explosions that were in the little podium. So Johnny says that. Uh, so Derek, at one point, also of course, has to climb up onto a platform and retrieve a bag of sand and carry it with him until the end of the mission. It gets to the point where he has to read this sign and he is completely caught off guard. He doesn't know what to do. Like, and Johnny, in a confessional, says that anytime there's thinking strategy or reading involved, it's not his cup of tea. Uh, 
All, with <laughs> Derek, you need hit. You need all the list of available options that he could do with the bag. Like dump out the sand. Like what else would he do? What do I do with this thing? What do I do? <laughs> do you think he just waited to see? What he, like the thing is, it's just a bag. Like he was acting like it was like a xylophone they gave him, and he just didn't know how to work it. Like, if what, I didn't what, know better, <laughs> I would say he threw it. But then I realized, no, he just really doesn't know what's going on here. So it's yeah, pretty back and, and throw. It's back and forth throughout this. Derek and Kahuta fall off um, at certain points, and the challengers win in a shocker. Uh, when really, just by numbers, this is the type of thing where you want to have more people than less people. Oh, yeah. Just um, more warm bodies is what you need. And so they're able to pull this off. Um, they go crazy. Derek says that he screwed up. and. He did. This is in my notes where I have Johnny and Cyrus seem to be around each other a lot. They seem to like have like a decent relationship with each other just because uh, we got that scene earlier on, and then we get the scene with them here. Like it seems like they're in like pretty like frequent communication. Uh, see, I feel like this is like two like people who are in the warehouse talking about what the people in the office are doing. Like they're just the people kind of on the outside of the operation, so they they get put together in a lot of spots. Um, so the twenty thousand is divided between the individual bank accounts. And after the challenge, uh, when everything is done, Brad says that he wants to send Casey in. Casey, or Kelly Ann says uh, Casey is the weakest link. And uh, <laughs> at this point, Casey kind of like wanders into the room. And they're talking about uh, Susie and Veronica for the, the champs and who can potentially take them out. And when they talk about Casey potentially going in, she like just like starts fumbling her words. She like is like incoherent. Like she just it just doesn't even want to think about the idea that she has to go into elimination. She seems to be the only person with real motivation to stay out of elimination at this point. Everybody's like, oh sure, I'll go in. Yeah, because she'd go uh, home. <laughs> we get to we get to the nomination for who will be sent into elimination. Everyone comes in the room. And in my notes, I also have, I love how in this era of the show, everyone just dresses like super fucking casual. You know what oh, I mean? Like no, everyone's I, like, I'm here for bold outfits. I, I could do no, a little bit more. Dude, like everyone's like in basketball shorts. They're here just like hanging out. No, see, I, I want people like with like, you know, lays and stuff there's, wearing. It's also hot as shit where they are. There's, there's difference true, between. Too. That's why they're not just shirtless the whole time. There's difference between bold outfits and then just people like dressing up. You know what I mean? Like, I think what you're talking about is fine, but like, I don't. I don't need, like, people just, like, unnecessarily dressing up and, like, I don't know. I just don't care. This is, like, a very weird thing to critique. I want as much variety in outfits as I can get. I mean, I noticed this, like, very, like this is an issue that I think I've had, like, from the, the, the moment I saw them do it. It started to happen, like, around free agents time, where they really started to transition into this, where they started to dress up uh, for nominations uh, and at eliminations. I think there was that was kind of, like, around the, the pivot point. Um... This is the they, stupidest nomination on the planet, by the way. This we is, just what talk about, happens like, here? <laughs> like, what happens? They all well, like, hold on. Bra- so, Brad, here, here, they all write names down for who they want to go in, right? Uh, Adam says Adam talks about how like the rookie girls are far better than the vet girls. Uh, <laughs> Adam and okay. Diana are voted voted in to go in here, um, and Brad says that. They decided that the people who are voted in get, get to go in against, get to pick who they get to go against. Adam decides to go with Cyrus um, because he's been with Kep- He says he's been friends with Kenny and Evan. Um, and Brianna decides to go with Susie. And right when Brianna picks Susie, Kim's like, "Are you sure you want to do that?" 
And Priyana says that she wants to do that because she's ne- heard that Susie's never lost anything one on one. All right, go. This what happens because Brad early this episode talks about wanting to put in Casey because she's been so bad. Like I what what like I, I just don't see what occurred. Absolutely. Like what happened? What what happened? Unless Kenny and Evan go Casey to Brad and, and say, unless Kenny and Evan go to Brad and say, if you put Casey in, we're throwing you in. Next well, he's time. just one person. What about these other Jamokes? Yeah, I, I don't, don't understand it. Like, how does she? Like, it, it's this. Is it the dumbest move it's, of the season? It's it's mystifying. Like I, it I is. Like, can't wrap it my cost them the game. Head. Like they literally, have, she's in the crosshairs, dude. Like you know, the like, champions are never going to throw her in. This is like out of like any of the scenarios that could have happened, just matchups wise. This is like pretty much the worst one, right? What's what's the point of like her them going out of their way to vote her in before the mission too? If they're not going to put her in. It makes no sense. It, how, is the, how is the team not furious with them when they get back, too? Like, how are the rest of them not, like, just dressing like, them down? Do you think it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we got to put the rookie in, the rookie's got to earn their that's stripes? Moronic. Like, that that's moronic. Like, that's moronic. Like, I think it's, it's what it is, but it's it moronic. Is. It is what it is, but it is beyond ridiculous. Like, that, that traditionalist nonsense is just absurd. She loses. Dude, they may have won the next mission, too, in episode four until, like, she easy loses it for them. Like, that's I, mean, really I wonder really... if the challengers were under the mistaken notion they would have a chance to get rid of Casey at another point. Only they never win another challenge because of Casey in a lot of cases here. It just it makes no sense. Like if you have an anchor that bad on your team, and Brad was on the Gauntlet three, he saw what happened with Big Easy. Yeah. He, know, he knows not to leave an anchor like that on the team. Well, and, and he, he did earlier in the earlier in the episode about putting her in. I just, I just don't. We don't we're not even talking about Adam getting put in instead of Danny, which is also dumb. Well, Adam, I don't know that bad. that's that bad. I love Danny. I think, I think it's bad. I think it's. I bad, think it's pretty sure. bad. We saw it's Adam, a bad Adam decision. Don't get me wrong. Dan- he dusted Danny and Gauntlet three when they went up against each other. Like I don't I'm, see. I'm not disputing the fact that Adam then, uh, is they a have better a player than take a shot or, They actually have a chance yeah. to take a shot at Evan or Kenny here and disrupt something think, powerful on the other team. They don't. So I think this is what it is. I think Adam has shown that he can be a positive contributor on a team, right? Yeah. Like how, how he has positive, a unique skill set. Like yeah, like he has some things that he's good at, right? Like Evan or Kenny's even said this, right? Like he's, he brought yeah. this up in Call of Three. Um, Danny, I don't think that we know that he's a net positive to, to a team. Like, I don't think we do. <laughs> you, I think like, we know he is a distinct I net think we know he's I, not a net positive. Like, I'm, not, I'm talking about in, like, a team era like this, right? Where, like, you essentially just need to, like, you need to be functional. Not like, suck. Like, I, I, I right fail term. to see a significant amount of positive contribution as Danny will be offering to your team. Um, it's mind-boggling. I, I think, like, this, I think this is pretty bad. Like I, I think it's pretty bad to not to do that too. And then Adam ends up taking his house, and they have a shot to actually. I, like I know they're very likely going to lose, but they actually have a shot to take out Evan or Kenny here too. Yeah. It's helps on the power. But they're not going to do that because Brad's working with Evan and Kenny, and Adam wants to be a cool kid, so he doesn't want to put his friends well, in. So I, they I, put I Cyrus it does not in. happen, but it, like it's just, just absolute like bottom of the barrel decisions. They're like, oh, the challengers have power; they can kind of like finally push the chips more in Dude, their favor, like- and it's just like. What this happened? is playing with your feels is, and not for reals. This is what this, this is, is. Like, this is like Amber B wanting to put herself in last week against uh, Bettina. 
Yeah. Or not with like, this against uh, Verna. This is that bad. Maybe even worse. This is probably worse. This is worse. This This is way worse. I I just don't know. I would need some – I would need the rationale. Because Danny talks to us like, oh, the rookie has to go. That just must be what it is for Brianna. Like, I just don't – I can't – I don't see what it is. The more we talk about it, this might be, like, one of the worst moves in the history of the show. It really might be. I see no – I fail to see any logic behind this. Their their stated reason was, like, oh, we need someone to, like, go in and win eliminations. It's like, well, the reason why you have such a hole in a lot of these eliminations is because you keep losing these missions. And I'm sure that they were probably thinking in Adam's court, like, if I get something that's agility-based, I can beat Cyrus. Only they went in in something that was completely arm strength and core strength, which Cyrus was going to dust him in. It was a bad draw of an elimination for them. Like, it's just a terrible draw. All right. So after the nomination, Adam goes up to Cyrus. He tells him that they're going to go into elimination with each, against each other. Uh, Susie and Veronica are also in the room, and they want to know uh, who's going to go against uh, who the the champion w- woman will be to go into elimination. Uh, and Adam says that he wasn't going to tell them, and that he's going to leave that up to the person on their team to tell them if they want. Um, Cyrus says that he expects to win this, and. Then uh, Brianna comes up to Susie and tells Susie that she's going to go in against her. Uh, Susie <laughs> then makes a comment that she's going to be sad to take her money, yeah. <laughs> which I love. Dude, she's great. She, she's, yeah. not, she's like one of my favorite people to ever be on the show. Yeah. She's kind of like a like a less – she's a, like a toned down version of Laurel. That's what she is. Um, oh, definitely like a very different player. kind of player. I think she's a much, I guess, toned down. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like in, in like yeah. all all the different senses, she's a toned down, like physically, like everything. Yeah, um, but Laurel's just so much more. Like Laurel's so much more in your face with a lot of her. Yeah, that's right. Because Susie can be in your face too. She can be really in your face, but not as much as Laurel. And no. Laurel will be more the type like she wants to go to somebody. All right, let's go down to the pit. Whereas Susie will find a way to get them thrown. Out Susie's more manipulative. Like she's yeah. much smarter. About it, I, I think Susie is much a much better overall political player than Laura. Yeah. All right, all right. This is the thing that came to mind watching this. How hard do you think Evan and Kenny laughed their balls off when they found out what the elimination was, the the matchups were? Like, did they just go somewhere and just laugh their asses off for like thirty minutes because? You know, they were like, "This could not have worked out any better for us." Like, there's literally really? nothing that could have gone better. Is there is there a season? We haven't talked about this, and we could even do a show about this. Um, but is there a season where there are two people that are more in control in the season? I mean, the the whole crew and duel. I guess they get put in a lot. It's just that they win every. I would say that Evan and Kenny have such a stranglehold on this game. Pretty much the same, though. But they don't win. Oh, they're so in control. They're just in control, and they (laughs) They, don't use it optimally. They, they threw their easy, friend in, first of all. They, they knew the easy was a liability, you know what I mean? And so they, and they didn't want to do it because well, they, they had an opportunity wanted, to, though. They, they, yeah, they did with Johnny. With Johnny, they could have thrown Johnny in. That's what I'm or saying. They, 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 had, they still had control. They just used it poorly. It would have been Evan versus yeah, Big Easy if they went Yeah, that that's way. true. Evan saying, was not going to go in against Big Easy. He knew better. <laughs> they, they had the same amount of control. They just didn't use it. And to be honest, like. Rivals too, um, like CT and Wes and that rest of that like this group, they, they, there is no risk of them going in at all no. throughout the entire season. There's like not even a whisper. And I would think that's almost more impressive considering after like, episode one season. when the voting format was revealed, it was like okay, so Johnny, Frank, Wes, and CT are never going in elimination ever. That was basically what that revealed after that that twist on the voting yeah. where and that actually, was like. I th- 
locked. Yeah. And then just the way the Troika is so poorly formatted, Tony and Zach have an absolute cakewalk throughout the Devers. Um, all right. So, Kahuta and Adam uh, watch some of the Thai people. Like, I don't know if they're fishermen or what they are, but... I don't uh, know what they're up to. Like, they're <laughs> out on a, a boat, um, and Kahuta brings up how it's just, like, such a different lifestyle. Uh, Adam says that deliberation really sucked and that he doesn't get the vote because he took out Gauntlet, Danny and Gauntlet 3, which he brought up. He's definitely a much better player uh, than Danny. And Kata said that the people that should have gone in, like this is correct, should have been Danny and Casey. Those are the people that should have gone in. Um, like is, so One is of the Danny few actually, times I fully agree with Adam King. <laughs> is, is, no, that's what Kahada said. Uh, so is, is Danny oh. the worst male competitor on the team right now? Yes. Is he the worst male competitor on the team in general throughout like the entire course of the season? Yes. Let's look. It's Danny. Yes, he is. Oh, Casey's no, he's better. He's better than Chet. No, he's not. Chet's been like functional in seasons before. Danny, uh, I don't know. Chet is like not bad in the battle of the seasons. It's definitely Dan- Danny. That's the argument for Danny being better. better. <laughs> Danny has done nothing. What, what, Danny, so- has, at least at this point, like Danny has like some. Like political connections, you know what I mean. He has some relationships with well, these I, people. I was, th- I was thinking more about in the mission, just like competitively. Like, who's helping? Now, wait a minute! In the Gullet three, he was Gullet three. He was the MVP of that igloo mission where they're jumping in the ice water. I don't know what you're talking well, that, about. I mean, his team was attempting to throw it though, so he really was working against what their interests. Were. That was the joke, Rob. We need to do. So we need. All right. So we have two, <laughs> we have two episode ideas coming out of this. One is most control, like most dominating wins ever, right? Uh, and worst decisions ever made in the history of the show is the other one. Oh, that's three. Oh, that's a good one. All right, here we're doing this. Most dominating wins, uh, worst decisions. I don't know we, how we haven't done that yet. I hadn't thought uh, about that. We've before. talked that's around that one. And then, we to, I mean, we had the Danny Jameson Award in our episodes podcast for the, worst cast member decision. The third uh, is uh, I had it and I lost it. Um, Something about Danny being it? inept? No, it was <laughs> fucked. Top dude. six Danny moments in the history of the challenge. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't uh, see the argument for Chet being worse than him. I really don't in terms of contributing to the missions. Dude, I'm pissed. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Name. I interrupted you and you forgot it. Like, I, I, like, I, I think, they, like, I don't, like, how many people is Danny better than? In the history Siobhan. of the show. Come yeah, on. Male competitors. How many male is Danny competitors. better uh, Nate. Which Nate? Nate and Priscilla Nate. Okay, so fat Nate, not crying Nate. Yeah, well, probably better than crying Nate, too. No, crying Nate, I think he won a mission, though, and an elimination. And one season. Really bad, bad crop of competitors, too. Top thrown missions. I think top thrown missions. We've oh, really talked about that a lot. Number one is definitely CT on World of World 2. No, dude, like, he had some really... I think, dude, I think the ones in... He's on this... We've talked about this. He's on it multiple times, but I think the one in Gauntlet... I think he has probably, like, four or five Gauntlet 3 is the most epic throw mission ever. He has two. He has the the first one in Gauntlet 3, where, like, they have to, like, climb down the ladder and, like, retrieve something. I don't even remember what it was. And retrieve something. And, like... And he climbs back up. Back up. Like 10 minutes. And he like he climbs down unnecessarily to the very bottom of the, the the ladder, and then like hangs on with like one arm onto the ladder, and then just lets go. 
And then Coral is losing her mind because she's aware, like, what, what's going on and what they're trying to do. And she could be in jeopardy of going in. And Johnny's and like, like, yeah, that's what he said his strategy was. No, that's what he's going to do. Brad. It was Brad. Oh, it was like, Brad. Brad tries to, to, like, justify this to her that he's actually putting forth a good effort here. <laughs> so great. There's that he's, one. He's got, he's got, like, four or five on the list, really. Th- then there's might the, be the whole list. The ice one, the ice mission that you brought up where they have to jump in the water and jump out. He opens the door and walks out. No, 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 no. no. He dips his finger in, in, right? Yeah, he he walks up to the ice bucket, puts his finger in, flicks it, shakes his head and leaves. Doesn't even get in. I mean, the yoga moves one to me is just so egregious. He's literally doing like, he's doing the swan thing there. Oh my gosh. What what would that went off track. What's number one? That has to be number one. That has to be number one to me. The Gauntlet Pyramid one's pretty bad because, like, everybody's like screaming at each other. Well, what are we going for? Is it a most egregiously thrown or most like crafty? Most entertaining. Most most entertaining. entertaining. Yeah, I think, I think it's the pyramid from Gauntlet Three. I think like, guys need to go close. back and rewatch the one from World of the Worlds Two again. That I one, did, I haven't rewatched it, World of the Worlds Two other than Benedict Laurel, so I wouldn't remember. He's I'd literally have to see it. doing like uh, he's doing kung fu poses, like just in front of Zach, or they wait there for twenty minutes, and they're supposed to right. get go. So right, right let's get back the, on track. Back the on last the scene, the last scene before the elimination, Brianna and Evan talk. Um, she's upset with. Um, I don't know. It was about someone like keeping their word or not keeping their word or something like that. I don't know. And then Evan like makes a comment about how she has like a, a bad hair dye. Uh, and that's pretty much what we have before elimination. We get to elimination. It's called burnout. There's a beam uh, held parallel to the ground with a wheel on each side of the beam. Uh, there's water that will fall on the middle of uh, the beam where. So in, in the middle of the beam, there's kind of like this triangle that will angle water uh, to one side of the beam or the other, uh, depending on the direction that the triangle is oriented. Each player will take one of the wheels at, that's on the end of the beam and pull it in a direction that changes the angle of the triangle in the middle so that they can adjust the water so it falls to their opponent's direction. On the Each person will have a beam on or excuse me a uh lit torch on their side that their opponent is directing the water towards the first person that can direct enough water to their opponent's side to put out their torch or actually no it's like they're trying to fill up this bucket of water and once there's enough water in the bucket the bucket tips over and puts out the torch right um weird one i think it's fine like i mean this is this is another example of like it's like you don't you don't you don't need you don't need to like go all out. You you, you can have a simple mission or mission or elimination, and it's still good. Well, my thing with this one is it's just hard for me to tell who's winning at any point. That was my point. If yeah. you didn't have that, that graphic could have been bullshit. You know, like yeah, I, there was no way for me to know. tell who was really winning. And it's just don't like turning it back and forth. I, I think this one's. I don't like this one that much. Um, I mean, you get a definitive winner. Like, I think that's the only thing positive I have to say about it. Because, like I said, I think that graphic could have been complete bullshit. Dude, like, I, I, if, they, if MTV ever puts up a graphic during an elimination, I am buying it 0%. I put no stock into it. Yeah, no, not at all. No, like, they I think can, it's like, not incentivized to tell you what's going on. They want it to seem as dramatic as possible. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Cyrus 
even Cyrus with a hurt back is way stronger than Adam King. You cannot convince me that they were neck and neck like that graphic showed. Like, not possible. Um. All right. Like, there's, there's really not a lot of commentary for these ones. I can't imagine. Brianna loses. Adam loses. Champion. Yeah, I, I don't even really want to say. Uh, Susie seems like she wins like pretty commandingly. Um, Cyrus and Adam look pretty tired after they're done with theirs. Uh, Dunbar says he's shocked that Adam lost. Uh, <laughs> Why? I mean, Cyrus I old. would have been shocked I mean, if they were on ropes climbing things and Adam lost. Yeah, I think, Cyrus, I think, but this? I mean, like, I think, are you fucking kidding me? I think that was on a cue card, probably. Yeah, um, yeah. They have a teleprompter. Dunbar's not back. exactly the, the greatest. Like, Dunbar's not exactly the greatest wordsmith. No, I mean, he, has, he has the banana's backpack uh, confession. He has like on. one of the most iconic quotes in the yeah. history of the show. Every now and then, a blind squirrel finds a nut. That's all I'm going to say. You know, like yeah, yeah. I think his like droopy eeyoreness and his confession is going to be endearing at times. So what I what I did not remember that was uh, kind of shocking to me is Danny actually beats Darrell. In uh, well, we'll get there oh, on the episode. Yeah, I guess we get there. Wait, which one am I on here? The wrong one, apparently. Yeah, because we're all basically the end of the episode. Evan and Veronica start uh, talking again. Then they yeah, come over the All right, so after the challenge, Danny says their morale is shattered. Uh, the Brethren's party. Darrell <laughs> uh, says they took their part. Uh, and then the last scene that we get before the end of the episode is Veronica says that there's going to be a big moment between, between her and Evan and that she likes Evan as a person. Evan says he likes Veronica, and then they show them cuddling. Transition to episode four. Uh, this is where I really like the in credits shenanigans for the end of this episode with the baby what powder. With Johnny and Kevin, Johnny and Kenny were like wrestling, and Johnny was getting them with the baby powder. And then they started, and then Kenny gets the baby powder away from Johnny and squirts it all over him. Then Johnny gets up and smacks Sarah and gets baby powder on her. Like it's just a funny moment in a season full of not a lot of lightheartedness. It is good. So uh, it's just fun. These post credit scenes are great. I wish we had more stuff like this now. Yeah. Where you just saw the that, 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 We bring that up a lot. It's just the fact that that type of stuff just isn't around. It was so odd to me. Like that type of stuff needs to be in this show. Yeah. Like, especially if you got 90 minutes. Like I want to see that. Like the big TCT training thing is probably the funniest like thing like that they've done in a while. And they played Eye of the Tiger. Like it was great. Like mm-hmm. that, those kind of moments are few and far between anymore. All right, uh, we get into episode four. This is really funny. Uh, Evan says that Katie is out of her mind when she drinks, and Veronica finds a plunger in Katie's bed, and Katie says that it had to have been Kenny or Evan, and she starts losing her mind, mm-hmm. swinging the plunger around at Kenny and Evan, and she says that Kenny and Evan are obnoxious, annoying, and bad. Or excuse me, that's what Kellyanne says in a confessional about Kenny and Evan. And Kenny has a quote here, uh, that's like, like they, they show in this era and the producers and editors uh, essentially promote in the sense that this is the kind of content that they show at the show where Kenny says, today's plot scheme to screw someone over is to break Katie's balls a little bit and cut her down to size and let her know you're dead weight, you're ugly, and you know you serve no purpose to our team. Jeez, uh, dude, it's so bad. It's so bad. Is, I'm sorry. 
like and that's was he like, like doing like was he like doing like Russell Hans like research before he came on this season? This, I mean, this is on the level of like Wes and Fresh Meat with Casey. Like this is like just no, this is worse power. than that because yeah. he never says so like said so about her appearance or anything. Yeah, if anything, like the people that talk about like you know the males on the challenge are so misogynistic, like. I really feel like you just take the island and you take this season, and that's what people define all the males on the show as being misogynistic. And if you take and if you take these two seasons in a microcosm, they would be correct because there's some really dark shit people say about some of the women in these. Couple I don't seasons. know. This is just a weird one from him. I, he's in a like. He seems like he's a little bit different than his seasons. He's usually on this season to me. I think. I yeah, like, he, I mean, I think I think that like he's just. He's literally just trying to say stuff that will get put on camera. That's all he's yeah. trying to do. That's I fair. Agree. Like, this he's is playing like, his character. It just goes a little too far. Yeah, he's in his wrestling character right here. Like, he, he is Mr. Beautiful. Like, this is, like, what Mr. Beautiful says. Because I always think about stories like this. Like, after this season, like, he's borderline, like, picking on Sarah really hardcore. Like, just really hardcore this season. And then Sarah tells a story that after the season, she was going to be stuck in New York by herself for Thanksgiving. And Kenny randomly called her and was like, Hey, what's going on? And she was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And like, he insisted that she come with him to his family's Thanksgiving and not spend Thanksgiving alone. And she talked about like how sweet he was. And it's like, you know, you have to take into account that these people are playing characters. They might be playing asshole characters and they might be really turning the volume up here, but off the show, that doesn't necessarily mean that's how these people are. And I yeah, think I mean, that's, that's something that gets lost. In, that make it right, by the way. I'm not condoning correct. Kenny's yeah. behavior here. But what I am saying is, is that the Kenny that you're seeing on this show is not necessarily the Kenny in real life. I mean, that's there's a part of him that's there. Like, in, in Spies, Eyes, and Allies right now, like, who is the villain? There really is no villain. Uh... I mean, Fessy no, I mean, kind of, no, but I mean, right now, I mean, right, like, now. right now, there's no villain. I think, like, there's I think no one Cole, hateable. I think, yeah. They there don't get anyone to be a villain at this point. There's no on the show. It's for no, like, I think it's, 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 that's kind of, I don't think that's, that's not an every season thing at all, though, I would say. Because I think last season, clearly, Fessy was, like, the main villain. They were trying to build around Casey as kind of. War of the Worlds 2 is Polly and Cara. Yeah, War of the Worlds 2, Polly and Cara. Um, Total, eh, Total Madness, maybe not as much. There really wasn't a villain on Total Madness. Oh, D, actually, before she got edited out. Oh, before she got edited out, yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That, that very clearly. War of the Worlds 1, Bear was a pretty clear villain on that season, and Polly to a lesser degree. So I think that's just kind of unique to Spotlight Life now. Where this the way it's played out. I think now maybe we'll get a little, someone who gets more of a heel. Well, the there. vets are all working together, so no yeah. one's really villainizing anyone right now. <laughs> all right, and rookies aren't going to be v- villains. It's just not how that works. So the last we get from this is uh, Katie says that Kenny and Evan were making the challenge hell for her. We transition into a scene with Ooh. Brad Dunbar, Sarah, and Kellyanne. Dunbar talks about how well, we don't get her screaming at Sarah. No, that's later. That's on. later. That's that's later. Okay. There's yeah, another that's plunger in. Yeah, I know you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, so they they kind of like set this up. They tee it off. Uh, Dunbar talks about how the challenger stretched out because there's not a lot of fat to trim left, and uh, Sarah makes some comment about how she can taste the finals. I mean, they're really kind of laying it on for Sarah. Like this is uh, last episode at the very start of the episode. Sarah talks about how she's like super comfortable right here. She talks about how she can taste the finals. Uh, Taste of finals is a weird one too because it's not even halfway through. 
and they're yeah, sucking they're, really bad. <laughs> yeah, cool like bad. it's really out of nowhere. Uh, well, is that that's in confessional, right? Yeah. I mean, that could be from anywhere then. I know that's what I mean, though. So, like, why yeah. would they go out of their way to like? I, take I don't know. From, like, it's, it's a weird one. It's a hero edit. It's what it is. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're really trying to make her into a sympathetic character. They need somebody on the challengers to seem like they're competent. <laughs> That's a great uh, statement. They're trying to make someone on the challenger seem competent. That's great. And true. <laughs> I mean, she's the like she's the best player on the challengers, right? Easily. Maybe Brad, but Brad's like all, really all more in player. cahoots. Yeah, all around player. Sarah is the best all around player. Yeah, on the it's hard to say where her capabilities were at this point. Because we don't Which is crazy see because like, in the moment, like when you're watching the season, like when I first I, I watched the season live when I was in college. I was a junior in college. And, like, I would have not said that she was the best player. But, like, what what is it? This is 10 years later now, like, 14 years later, she is. Or what? Or there's an argument to be made. Well, when do we think – this is something I was saying. When do we think Sarah really gets good at the show? Like, when is she noticeably uh, well That's a good question. Competitor? Battle That's of really the Seasons. I think it's seasons two. I agree. I think Battle of the Seasons that. is, like, the first season where you're like, okay, Sarah's learned how to play this game. Yeah. Finally. Because, like, Rival, she loses actually, She loses that elimination to Jasmine and Way overconfident. Way yeah. overconfident. Then X is, I mean, she went to the mission, but then Benny has the terrific stuff with She Mandy. had a bad partner. <laughs> yeah. She got, she got, she gets out of a few bad hands. I don't think it's until seasons when she's, I mean, her team that season's not very good. No, but she had the right strategy. Like, the whole right strategy. Exactly. She was able to carry them to a couple wins. And I really think if her and Chet were able to ditch JD and Devin, they actually win the season. It's possible, because Sam was atrocious. (laughs) Not not as bad as Devin was. Where did we have her ranked in all-time best females? I had her fifth, I believe. I I don't even remember. I really don't even remember. Her and Cara to me are kind of two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Where, that was like two um, years ago. I don't remember stuff that long. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would. I, what what really bothers me is we never actually saw Pete Carr and Pete Sarah on a season together, like competing against each other. We never mm-hmm. got that kind of clash of titans between the two of them. Because Did. Rivals Two, I would say, is really when Carr starts to get a lot better at the show, and then after that, they they never appear on yeah. the same season, which is racist. like to me. I would actually say Carr's best first season is Free Agents. Like, Cook really helped carry her. Yeah, it's like Rivals to Free Agents. Free Agents is the one where Kara started to make a name for herself. And then they're never on a season together, which is so weird after that. Well, she took a lot of time off in that range. And then Sarah quit, you know, (laughs) after Rivals 3. Wonder why? (laughs) Yeah, well, then she only does X's 2 and Rivals 3, and Kara's just not on either of those. Yeah. Kara didn't have any other X's at the time. No. I mean, I feel like Rivals 2 would have been so much better if Kara was Wes's partner instead of the way it played out. Yeah. All right. Uh, back to this. So, uh, all right, we get a scene uh, on a much more downer note. Uh, Tanya, they Tanya's drunk again. Uh, Tata says that uh, Johnny Evan and Kenny have been taking advantage of Tanya. Uh, he also says that. Tanya's been creating an easy target for herself and Kenny like throws something in Tanya's hair. Not sure what it is. It looked Maybe, like sunscreen. Yeah. Or like lotion or something like that. And then, yeah. uh, Evan starts to take, uh, Tanya to bed and then like Johnny throws like baby powder in her face or something. We get a confessional from Wes where he says that Tanya is a ticking time bomb, just kind of, foreshadowing what happens later on in the episode and 
in the confessional from Tanya, she says that there is a line with her and they've definitely crossed it as she like cries. So it's def- that's definitely like a really rough moment uh, in this yeah, episode. Right. Um, and it continues where we get a conversation between Tanya and Katie and Tanya tells Katie that her life outside of the show is a lot harder than what's going on in the show with everything that's going on. And then she says uh, that she wished she didn't drink as much, um, but she does. Uh, and that she says that she can't drink uh, that much every night and she knows it's an issue. And Brad says uh, in a confessional that Tanya just got divorced and we learned that. And a beast comes in partway through this and kind of like listens to her and tries to like motivate her. Um, and she needs to, she says that Tanya just needs to get some help, which is the truth. Um, and it also wouldn't have hurt if the guys had laid off of her a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like what's production yeah. doing right now? They don't care. I mean, obviously if they cared, she wouldn't have been on the season. Like quite frankly, like, Oh, I just, you know, having a daughter now and seeing something like this is just getting harder and harder to see that because it's just like somebody needed to be a positive influence in this woman's life. And I hope she has it now. I've heard that she's doing well. Thank God. After all she's been through, I'm glad she seems to be doing well now. I just like, I, I have a hard time seeing people make fun of like the easy target. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing if you're all having fun and joking and jest, like this is just mean at this point. Like, well, I, it's I, really mean. I think part of like, I'd be curious to go back and rewatch like the real worlds and like other stuff, stuff around this time, because I think it was more normal to enable behavior like that. Totally. On those, like, totally. yeah, like that, like that. And it's just, they didn't, there was never a line crossed because it never bothered to draw a line, even yeah. on the show at all. Well, if you remember, Real World Cancun was airing during this time, and that was the season where Jasmine and John A were fighting over the same guy, and John A was losing her mind and throwing things and breaking windows, and um, there was, was one person season. having an affair with a married man on the show, like. There was a lot of really sketchy shit that was promoted as fun and good during this time. Really rough season. Uh, it was just like an uncomfortable season to watch. It was like one of the few that I watched like in real time when it was going on. Um, so Katie and Kim uh, in a scene talk about how the guys have gone too far and Katie knows that they're going to try and get rid of her. Um, which just about to happen. Uh, she knows when the guillotine's coming, at least. Uh, they get a clue. Uh, now we get the scene with Katie where she finds a plunger again. Yeah. Which, fun- before we go into this, okay, before we go into this, first of all, I've heard the conditions that they were in in Thailand, how bad the food was, everybody's stomachs were no messed AC. up. No AC. Like, this plunger was well used. Like, well used. Like, I can understand why Katie was so pissed about it. And if Evan and Kenny and Johnny were going to pull this prank, I pray to God they at least wash this thing off before they did it. Because, like... I would bet no on that. I would uh, bet no. So I can understand why Katie's so pissed. Like, I would be pissed. Like, really pissed. I probably would have had the same reaction. All right. 
So Katie finds a plunger in her room and she starts flipping out again. Uh, and Abyss says that people are just like feeding the fire at this point. Katie, uh, so everyone's laughing. Kenny's in there. Sarah's in there. Johnny and Abyss are in there. is in there. A lot of people. And Sarah just starts smiling. We're all in the same room at this point, right? All the champions are yeah. in the same south side of Wes. Oh, I don't, I don't know. But so Katie sees well, Sarah. Supposedly the only two places in the house that had AC were the, the, the bedrooms. That's it. Those are the only places. Did Wes's bedroom have AC? No, it didn't. Uh, so Katie yeah. sees uh, Sarah laughing at her. And it's kind of one of those things where she's just so pissed and she's seeing red that she just picks someone out that's, like, upset at her. And maybe there's things that went on outside of this that she didn't necessarily care for Sarah because of those. But she screams at Sarah. She's like, get the fuck out of here. And this she is... Very, she gets very this upset. Is, so this is on the same level as Mr. Beautiful's quote earlier. She starts calling, yeah. screaming things at Sarah, and she says, you're fat and you got tattoos. Nobody gives a fuck. And that's what she says to Sarah. Well, she, when she pushes, she like eats she her, pushes out her out the she, door. She pushes her, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Johnny starts having to like get in the, between the two of them as they're like, yeah. You know, he yeah. grabs her. Johnny's arm. being the voice of reason. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When when, he, when Johnny Bananas is spinning, splitting up fights, that's when you know things have really gotten to a point. Kenny and Evan consult Sarah uh, the next day. There's a large group that talk to her because Sarah's taking this hard. Uh, and she's like, this is like really, this is her first experience on the show. And she's like, makes a point to say that she just wanted to look, look, look like a fool in the end. And it come out that all these people that were being nice to her actually like, don't like her. And they tell her that that's anything from the truth. Uh, Evan brings flowers to her and then Kevin, Kenny and Evan give her a hug, um, to try and make her feel better. We get to the nomination right before the challenge. Katie, uh, and Sarah, nominate themselves for the challengers and they have to vote for the last woman to go in. Uh, and then the, it, what it ends up coming down to is that they don't really spend much time going over what happens here. It's Danny Dunbar and Kahuta, Sarah, Casey and Kim for the challengers. And then for the champions, every, like every time I have to say challengers and champions, I just want to say rookies and vets. Like that's we, we do like, that a lot, yeah. Every single time, uh, it's because the Gauntlet Three is such a warm same place. Color, in our and the hearts. same colors too. It's the same thing. Like it's the same storyline too. Like there's yeah, same, like it's with the hapless really, rookie team, hapless challenger same team. People, uh, a lot of the same power power brokers. Yeah. The oh man, the challengers team is definitely way more entertaining than the, the rookies team. Yeah, don't uh, you think? Like infinitely. More. I think they're. I think Frank is at least like a bright spot on the rookies team, and his. Yeah, you just need one person out of like the like. How, well, I know, but I just they're... really dislike a lot of the people on the challenge team, like Johanna. Like, I'm just not a huge fan of her. I don't really team. like Rachel. Like, I don't, I don't Kelly, really. Kelly there's just a lot of people from that team that I don't like. <laughs> for on this team, I think on this one for the. The challengers, Killian's good, Sarah's good, Casey's good, Dunbar. Like, Kim's okay. Moments. Brad's great. Todd is good. Like, Danny, like, brings us entertainment at the very least. Yeah. Uh, he always like, brings all, entertainment. Like, all these people are, like, have, like, something they're bringing to the table. I suppose. And there's also, like, there, I thought there was almost an entitlement to a lot of people on the rookies team. Like, remember when, who is it, like, uh, Melinda gets voted in and you think it was a crime against humanity by how they all react and stuff like that. 
there's a lot of that going on with that team where it's the, the challengers seem to like know their place a little bit more from the rookies. Yeah. Well, that, that rookie scene was challenge. like a lot of Austin people, so they all yeah. felt entitled. <laughs> all right. Uh, so this one is called Burning Bridge. There's a platform in the middle of the water with a torch lit on top, or with a with a, a torch that is not lit on top of it. On the sound of the horn, team members will take turns swimming out into the water and retrieving a floating platform separate from the platform that the torch is on uh, and placing it in front of the platform with the torch. The goal is to build a bridge from the shore to the platform uh, with all of the like extra platforms that are out in the water. And once you have completed your bridge, someone on your team will run across the bridge with a flame and light the torch on fire. The first team to successfully light their torch on fire wins. And the prize is like some projector or something. Uh, Kim is the torchbearer for the challengers. Katie is the torchbearer for the champions. And the only note, like I have some notes in here, but Brad has uh, a funny quote where he says that he's feeling a little pukish, uh, which was kind of like... Well, he and Wes were the first two to go out and swim out. The it seems like they had a pretty decent longer swim than everybody else. Yeah, but... I think he, it was just more of a comment by him that this was like much harder than he thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, then Casey, like, I mean, Casey might have one of the most damaging performances in a mission I've ever seen in this mission. Like, she is so bad. Yeah. She loses the like, mission for him. Like, they were, they, they're, they were winning. They're in the lead, and it's over halfway through. Yeah. And they lose, and, uh, and they, they lose with Casey out in the water. Uh, or, well, she comes out to the shore because they tell her to come to shore because there's no reason to have her out there because she can't do it. She can't do and it. I'm like, just come back. Just come back. We and everybody just... else seems to do it. It's obviously very difficult, but it's not, like, completely untenable. That's one of the reasons that it makes the moment from last episode where they don't vote her into elimination as bad as it is. And it gets, it gets thrown right back in their face the next Watching episode. Evan and Kenny laugh at her as she's like, ah, ah. I mean, they I mean, better have had lifeguards on standby. Like, it was oh, that bad. I mean, she took her life jacket off. That's how bad she w- could not get under the water and do it. Like, oh my gosh, she's terrible. I mean, first of all, how dumb is the Challengers team sending her out there to swim? Like unless Kim literally does, yeah, they not just must have not realized how bad she was. That really had to have been what a lot of it was. Because she like before she I wasn't mean, they like, seen her? as this egregiously bad of a competitor. Yes, she was, dude. She is terrible. Well, in Gone Three, they didn't make it a priority to get rid of her. Yeah, they do. Uh, no, they don't. They other, fall into it because Katie because Katie leaves and then she's the one who's left. And then she puts herself. Yeah, in. but I mean, she would have been on the list. Like they definitely want to try and get rid of Katie first. Like I, think... I just think it was more along the lines of like Casey was fun to party with, and they knew that she wasn't going to like torch them in a final. Like she was harmless. I think that's really more of what it was. And but then in this season, where the teams are, I mean, she's not on a strong team. She's on a team that has some yeah, questionable people on it. Yeah, and she doesn't like. It's not like in the in any of the missions when I'm calling three. She's a noticeable problem for the veterans. And people are also probably thinking about all the exiles she won with Wes. Yeah. And not putting into account the weight differences that they were dealing with. And the, and the with. fact like, that Wes is carrying like four bags and she's like, you know. Uh, she just had to run, ahead. you know. Like, yeah. I think they're underestimate. Uh, maybe Devin's right. Maybe they didn't realize how bad she truly was until this mission. That's what I think, Rob, I think it was. Oh, Rob, sorry. Maybe yeah. you're right, Rob. Like, for real. Like, I can't imagine them 
making the decisions they did unless they just really didn't understand how bad it was. And then it was like, we fucked It had up. to have been what it was, right? What did you guys think it was? It was dumb? I just thought they were inept. <laughs> no, I thought it was what we talked about before. It was like one of those things where it's like, oh, the rookies got to like go in and they got to go in first. Well, that could be part of it. What's right, this bad though? Let's sit through this. Uh, so the veterans are far in the lead at this point. Uh, they're to the point where they need to go out and just like put their take the torch. And Katie goes. Light it. They win. And Johnny has a great uh, quote here where Katie's about to go out and he says, "Pretend it's like your last cigarette." Uh, she goes off the line. <laughs> it's a good line. That was a great one. It's a great uh, line. We saw a lot this episode. There's a ton of stuff that happens. Yep. Uh, There's still a lot to go. <laughs> we get into... Uh, where are we? So they're... They're... Something that they really screwed up here is they made Kim the torch bearer uh, for. Oh yeah, for like he said that earlier. Really, like even though Kim doesn't like water, like she probably would have been like physically able to complete this. Uh, yeah. Whereas Casey is not. Um, so we get were they in life jackets? Kind of. Somewhere. Casey was. So we get into the deliberation for the champions as they decide who they want to put into elimination and. Darrell pretty much nominates himself uh, mm-hmm. as long as it's fine that he goes against Danny. He knew. He knows. He knew. He calls him El Lardo in his confessional. El Lardo. They play a quick montage of him eating different things. Three Thai hamburgers from like a cafeteria catering service. In Thai, yeah. <laughs> well, Thai smells are good, right? Katie pretty I much thought of him as like that overweight. He's pretty heavy. I don't know if he's, he's pretty heavy. He's not like yeah. cut. Like he's a big guy, but it's doughy. Uh, Katie says uh, that she's fine with going in, uh, but she wants to go again, going against Casey. Uh, and Johnny's like, "Hold the phone!" No, uh, no, 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 no. Like, no, no. she's the reason we just won that mission. Uh, and like, they pretty much like resolve to her to go go against Sarah. I think Katie knows that like she's going in here. Like, she doesn't have the numbers. There's nothing she can do. And She's fine. Well, so why that. why did why isn't she doing any like scheming earlier? She just doesn't have the heart for it. Uh, I don't know. I think dude. Katie just knows her role. Like that's the thing. Like, like I mean, Wes, like Wes is willing to work with anybody here. Like uh, you could you could have done some stuff to shake things up. Like that's what I that's a lot of what I don't get. It's like Wes is on the outside. There's other people who know. Like Veronica knows she's not in the power group. Katie knows she's not in the power group. But it's just all these people don't like each other, so they're unwilling to. I just think they know Evan and Kenny have such a stranglehold on the game, there's not much they can do. Like, it's just the way this format... Like, if all three of them resolve to throw missions, then what are they going to do? They'll get thrown in the inner circle every time. Well, okay, fine. They're throwing the missions, then challengers won't pick them. But if they all three get thrown in, and then they have to perform, are they going to throw a mission so that they're fading into the I mean, I think that's Michael. Like, I don't get why they don't do that. To be honest, yeah, it does make sense. They should have... Uh, it's just so, a like, lot this of one in particular, like, well, if they just if they go out in the water and just tread water for a little, or go help Casey move hers over, then like, then, then what happens? All right, what goes on next? Uh, this is the bad part, with Tanya. We're there after deliberation. This is where we're at. Yeah, we can skip over. Well, here, let's just zoom through some of this stuff. 
So Susie tells Sarah that uh, after nomination that she hates being part of like her having to go in. Then we get a, uh, a confession from Ganey where he says that the elimination versus Carell is not going to be a cakewalk. Uh, then we get, they try and play some comical moments of Tanya here. It just does not Let's, go over. Well, which we won't talk about just because it's just like, kicking her while she's down. Right like, it's just sad uh, the things they show of her here. It's just bad. So Tanya tells Veronica that she feels like she's reliving Inferno 2 when the girls made fun of her, Veronica being one of the girls. Um, and in my notes here, I bet Casey looks so young here. She looks like she's like 16 years old. And then she, she was, was like 18 20 when she came out. 20. Probably 20 uh, when this was filmed. Veronica says that Tanya has different personalities when she gets drunk. And Tanya has a moment here where they, they, so they start to get, get into it outside on the patio. Veronica's egging her on. And Tanya says that she's not going to back down from Veronica anymore and goes into the house and tells Johnny, Kevin or Johnny, Kenny Dunbar and uh, et cetera, that Veronica's leaving, that she's had enough. And she says that she hates Veronica um, this is where it all like pretty much like tumbles downhill and goes to the end. But uh, everyone's kind of like in the area upstairs, or not everyone at this point. It's Kim and it was uh, like Wes, Veronica. I think Johnny's up there too. And, a lot well, of them it started there, out as well, just Kim and Ver- well, it was yeah, just Kim and Veronica, yeah, and then the fight yeah, started, yeah, and everybody yeah. came in. Let's just roll, roll into it. So Kim and Veronica are, are upstairs, and. T- uh, Kim tells Veronica that Tanya is crazy, and Veronica says that uh, Tanya's been a bigger drunk now than she's ever been. Noodles are involved again. Both of them, I think, are eating noodles. Or at least Veronica is. Uh, like Tanya comes into up. the room. She kind of like I think maybe overhears what's going on, and Kim says that in a confessional that they're kind of just provoking each other. Tanya throws uh, Veronica's noodles on the ground, and Veronica starts telling Tanya that. She looks crazy. And that's really just the way to like get under the skin of her. You know what I mean? She's really just mm-hmm. like grinding her gears. And the more she says that, the more Tanya like gets in her face and gets upset. And uh they start there, there's a bunch of words that are like said back and forth. And Wes pretty much sums up what's going on here in a confessional where he says that Veronica just needs to be the bigger person and walk away. Because at this point, Tanya is not in a condition to be able to like handle this. This seems like it's been going on for a while too, because like at the beginning of this scene, Tanya's yelling at Veronica and Wes is, you can see Wes like talking to Tanya while she's yelling, like seemingly, I guess trying to talk her down. Um, And then after, it seems like it's a while later, just based on where everybody's sitting and how people have fresh noodles. Like Evan's come back with noodles. Like this is like entertainment night for them. And they're all just kind of, like and it seems like even it's been, the nice people like Kahuta are just sitting there being entertained by this. It's it really like sad. It's, it seems like it's been they've been yelling for a while when they actually like get face to face. Um. So Tanya is in Veronica's face, hits her on the side of the head, hits her in the ear, goes after her even more. West goes in to break it up. Uh, Evan comes in shortly after. Uh, Evan holds Tanya. Uh, while she's crying, which in hindsight, pretty creepy moment. Uh, Kahuta says that um, 
everyone there is pretty much standing around uh, thinking that this went way too far and they should have stopped things sooner. Um, mm-hmm. It's a pretty messed up moment. Uh, Evan, uh, yeah, I mean, like, in hindsight with all of this, like, I don't even know if we want to talk about this next scene. No. I do want to bring up, we're going to skip over a lot of this. Um, I'm trying to, let me think about where we want to pick this back up. Uh, I don't know. Let, let's just, just at least we, say we can mention happens. it. We can mention so, briefly. Like, let, going back let me just let me just say what happens. Just because like we're pretty good about covering everything, like regardless of like how rough it is at times. Yeah. yeah, I mean this is this is as rough as it gets. This uh, might be the so, lowest moment in the history of the show, and that's covering a lot of ground. Yeah, like it, it probably is. Um, Evan says that um, as much as they bother Tanya, she's part of their family, and so that they need to embrace her, comfort her, and help her through this. Uh, and this is while Evan's outside with Tanya, Kenny, Kata, maybe some other people. And he says that if Tanya calls when she goes home, they're going to pick up and they're going to be for her, which like, I mean, all this with Evan and Kenny like being present is like pretty twisted in hindsight. Very hypocritical. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and Wes yes. brings it up here. Um, but Evan uh, tells Veronica that she went too far. Johnny agrees. Uh, and this is in front of a large group in the house. This is while they're pretty much, at this point, they're escorting Tanya from the house. Yeah, um, Tanya's been taken out by production at this point. And Tanya, like, again, talks about how she's drinking to kind of, like, handle her emotions. Um, and Tanya's out of the house at this point. Um, and I think this is probably Wes's best moment in the season, where Evan was says, you know, we've all had our fun with Tanya. And Wes stops him and corrects him and says that he hasn't like, done anything to, like, harm Tanya, like, emotionally, physically, etc. Derek hasn't, Todd hasn't, they've never mistreated her in any way, and he says in a confessional that Johnny, Evan, and Kevin had been nothing but insulting and mean to Tanya, and that the moment Tanya leaves, uh, they say that Tanya has all these problems and everyone should be nice to her, and that it's completely hypocritical with the way that they've been acting to her for throughout the entire course of the season. And as you right, it's really fucked up. Um, yeah. And I don't know how, like, I really don't know how they can do it with a straight face, to be honest. Like, they're pretty much, like, the direct contributors to the situation that's involved. Even though they weren't Veronica and they didn't, um, like, instigate her in this situation, they pretty much, like, created an environment where it led to this uh, and were yeah. direct contributors. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, and then they start singling out Veronica like she was the big problem here. And I mean, she had things she could have done better, certainly, but she's far from the biggest. They did their best to pin it all on her in that conversation. (laughs) They did their best. Well, Veronica was the one who, like, ultimately, like, 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 they pretty much Johnny Evan and Kevin pushed Tanya to tipping point. Veronica wasn't the one that like pushed her over the edge. That's pretty much mm-hmm. what it was. And then even um, with like that, like, I mean, Veronica is just like standing there, and then Tanya gets, and obviously, like she should get up and leave, and she is like talking to her while she's doing it. That's not good. But it's, I mean, that there, there's way like she's far from the impetus for a lot of these actions. Yeah, it, so it's after, like we've said, it's hard to watch. It's just terrible. Yeah, and we can kind of give our closing thoughts. We'll give our closing thoughts on this uh, after we cover the rest of this episode which there's not much left, but 
Yeah. After everything with that happens, uh, we get a scene with Katie and Derek. Katie tells Derek that this is going to be her last challenge, which we've seen how no relaxed that is. Uh, and she okay. says that she's never seen so much inner t- turmoil and fighting on a show. Um, Katie, uh, I truly believe she came back because she wound up not marrying this dude she's engaged with this season. Because she talks about how she was getting engaged, she was engaged, and she was moving on with her life. Well, I think that broke down, and she wound up going back on the show. <laughs> so Katie and Sarah pack their bags. Uh, Sarah says she's not nervous. Danny says he's extremely confident, knowing that he's going to come back. Knowing against Darrell. Okay, buddy. Yeah, I guess you got to so, think that way. You got to think that way. We're at elimination. Darrell versus Danny. Katie versus Sarah. This is called O ring. Each contestant is suspended in air with a harness uh, and a ring in between them. The goal is to wrestle the ring from your opponent, and the first person to do this twice wins. Uh, the women go first. Katie wins the first round, and as she wins, gives the fing- finger to Sarah. Sarah wins the second round, gives the finger back to Katie. This one is out of control. These two are uh, like, I like this slip. elimination too, because there's obviously a physical, element, but they're like flipping around while they're pulling on the rings and stuff. There's a lot going that on. That happens the next round. I don't think the women do that. Are you talking about when they're like kind of twisting over? Yeah, they're like twisting over. It happens yeah. once or twice. It's not as Does big it? as okay. it is when Danny and Dar- Darrell go at it. But like yeah. the insults these women are screaming at each other, like, I mean, it went to the gutter quick. It was Kim says funny. it's like Barracos Club on steroids, and she's clearly very offended by whatever they're talking about. <laughs> That's one of the funnier pieces yeah. of this is watching Kim roll her eyes. It's like, honey, you were on the real world. Like, come and, on. And, and MTV reality TV show here, bud. This is the era of, like, the real world at its trashiest. Like, come on, Kim. Like, for reals? You were um, on the real world Hollywood. Like, come on. So Sarah wins. She ends up winning two to one. Uh, TJ makes a comment that Sarah is now the richest person on the show. Uh, because he's taken Katie's bank account. We get Darrell versus Danny. Uh, Danny and some like miraculous twist of fate wins the first. I, I don't know how he does it, to be honest. Like, <laughs> like I think Darrell had like a, a moment of like narcolepsy or, or something. Uh, he's trying to lull him into a full sense of security, maybe. Yeah, like maybe I think Darrell was a little overconfident and he had to put his game face on. I really think that's what it was. That that happens. You underestimate your opponent and you gotta get your game in. You gotta get your head in there and he wasn't there yet. It's like a cat playing with its food, like right before (laughs) Yeah. It really yeah. Yeah, like it was I mean So he ends up beating Danny, like surprise, surprise. Uh and Back at the house, uh, Sarah and I think Susie uh, congratulate, uh, or excuse me, Susie and Kenny congratulate Sarah on her win. They tell her that she did great. Uh, Next scene, Veronica tells Killian and Casey uh, that people are getting played by the Dominant Alliance, and she says that she's about to be on the chopping block uh, or in the guillotine, even if she's not directly under it right now. Uh, or that she, she could be, like, right then. Uh, and Evan tells Kenny, uh, the last scene that we get is Evan and Kenny talk, um, and they said that their goal this whole time is to make it to the final week. 
and pretty much trick people the entire way. Well, they're, they're talking and they're also like in, like they have the bunk bed with like the sheets over it. And you think it's like, oh, it's Evan and Veronica who are like talking and skin with the other. It's like, no, it's Evan and Kimmy. So make it to the final week and trick everyone until you get there. I That's mean, the quote. It's got to be good philosophy of life too, right? <laughs> make it to the end and trick everybody until you get there. The, the Bishop Sycamore strategy. Are they still playing people? Or did they cancel? I think they're rendered defunct. Alright. Um, a lot happens in these episodes. Like, I'll say that. Particularly in this last episode. Just, yeah. There's, I mean, uh, when you think about this, we're almost two hours in talking about 84 minutes of airtime. I know we I tend mean, to go like long, we, but like yeah. that's a lot to get to. I mean, it what, is, I, but like, what do we average? We average what one point two the length times the length of each episode typically. It depends. Yeah, it's not a bad accurate, not a bad guesstimate. No, but that would I mean, still be over right because these are forty-two minute episodes. Yeah, I mean, we almost yeah, doubled it's still it. Over, yeah. It's over, it's over. <laughs> so I, I, it just uh, so much happens, and after this, it starts to really get less Paper dramatic demo. as we go yeah. through this the rest of the season but like this really you can't call it the best we kind of talked about this last episode it's so hard if you can eliminate the tanya awfulness that occurs here this might be the strongest run this show ever had in terms of back to back to back to back episodes but the whole tanya situation just casts such like a negative energy on all of it that you really can't say that i mean it's hard for me yeah it's hard for me to do that because it all so much of it all plays into it i guess some of the white stuff is kind of isolated but beyond that everything else still kind of blends into one environment that was going on so it's hard for me to separate it out from that. yeah i don't know um has she been like has anyone heard from her? Like what? Like with how she's doing in her life now? Like is like does she do interviews? Like what? Go, no, what? she will not, no, do, she interviews. not do interviews. She's either. apparently, from what I have understood, she is in order to get the settlement she got. She was never allowed to talk about anything that happened publicly or what the terms of the settlement were or what you know, all these kinds of things. So like she pretty much was handed a check and it was like, go restart your life we never want to hear of you ever again is essentially the vibe I got. And from what I have heard, she is living somewhere and she's like, owns like a hairdresser. She's like a hairdresser owns like a salon or something seems to be doing okay from last. I heard this was like four years ago. Um, So, I mean, I hope she's doing well. Chick deserves it with all the shit we saw. If, if what, if what we saw on screen was this bad and she said that her real life is worse, chick deserved a break. Like good for her. If she's was, doing well. I remember she was on a, uh, true life. I'm a reality star. Do you remember that? No, I don't you remember like when? MTV would, MTV would do those like true life episodes. Do you remember that? I, I do remember that. What, Cause it would when? be like so true was, life. I'm a heroin addict kind of things. Like that was the kind of stuff. That, they would that do. show was really good. I liked that show a lot. Uh, but there was one like a true life on a reality star, and she was one of like the three people uh, that was on it. Um, 
Yeah, and her, I just remember thinking, yeah, she had like a lot going on. Um, I, I I know. So from what I'm reading, it says that she um she did gain. She is sober now, and then she uh, owns a salon. So and that's of 2016. That's she says she's a genuinely happy person now. So it seems like things have been a bounce back. Good. Hope she. I'm 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 assuming she got the help she needed. So um. I hate that it took a lawsuit and a bunch of stuff like that to make that happen, but good for her that she's in a better place. Yeah. I mean, I think we should end on, yeah. I mean, I think we should end on that. Like, I don't, uh, I feel like I don't want to like diminish like anything that like happens to her, like throughout the course of the season. I think that's the one thing that I think we've like tried right. to handle this, like, like as best we can and like do this in like a very delicate way because it, it's like a fucked up situation. There's no way to get around it. Um, there was a lot of, we had a lot of conversation about like how we wanted to discuss this and how we wanted to go about it. Um, and it was something that like, we felt like we had to talk about if we wanted to talk about this season. Um, and I think we, we did a good job. Um, I hope we did. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where, you can't like feel any worse for her, you know, like, I mean, every, like you pretty much knowing what happens with the lawsuit and like seeing how she's treated in this season. It's absolutely horrifying. Um, yeah, it is. And yeah, yeah I mean, we're going to leave it with that. Like, I mean, it's great, great to hear that she's doing so well now. Um, and we wish her the best. Um, so thanks for listening to this episode um, and we'll talk to you again later next week.